This is F1 Debrief, insanity personified in a circle. Coming up on this show, we bring out the big guns to talk all things Indy 500. Our last F1 debrief show was all about Fernando Alonso's Indy 500 adventure, which is now just days away. Very exciting. We got quite a bit of feedback telling us we didn't know what we were talking about, which is a fair assessment. Um, So to rectify the situation, we've roped in Pat W of the I Watch Too Much Racing blog and Lukey, both of whom are IndyCar fans and experts and can tell us where we're going wrong. So hopefully from this chat, we can all learn a bit more about what to expect this weekend. And I'll be taking copious notes in case this situation should ever arise again. Pat, um, firstly, give us the uh, give us the rundown on what's going on. What is Fernando Alonso doing? Well, first of all, hello. <laughs> um, it's good to be back. It's been a while. Um, what's he doing? He's he he says he's going for the Triple Crown, which is the um, the three biggest races in the world, arguably, which is the Monaco Grand Prix, which he's won already, the um, Indy Five Hundred, and the Twenty Four Hours of Le Mans. Part of me wonders if that's what he's doing, whether that's his real motivation or whether he just wanted to do something different because okay. <laughs> he's bored. Um, but I think he does want to do Indy, genuinely, whether he has a chance of winning the triple game. We'll maybe come into that later. But um, I think he just wants a fresh challenge, something to get his teeth into, something to change of scenery whilst he has the opportunity and just to test himself against a different genre of racing different niche uh, against different different drivers and is he um, wise would you say this is a wise strategy like are you backing him to do this i'm backing him because it's it's been a long time since this sort of thing has happened so, uh, apart from nico hogenberg at, at le mans uh, an active f1 driver going to a different big race big championship event just, just hasn't really happened in certainly my lifetime uh, unless they've switched wholesale to that championship, like Jack Villeneuve did, um, or Montoya. Um, whether he's wise in doing it, I don't know, because he's obviously got the rest of the F1 season to go. So if he has a, an accident or something, then he could be out for the year. But arguably, you could say, well, he's not going to achieve much this year in Formula 1 anyway. Mm. So if he does break his leg or whatever, then does it really matter? Well, let's let's discuss that because this is a concern. So, on the podcast that, that we previously mentioned, um, my concern was this is dangerous. So, ovals are a more, or my understanding is, ovals are a more dangerous form of racing than we are used to in Formula One. Would you? Would is that true? Have I got that right? Or, or has safety it is, been improved? Yeah. Um, well, as we saw last weekend uh, with, with Sebastian Bourdais, it, it, it's very dangerous. It has improved. I know we used to watch. Uh, a few years ago on, in, um, when we had the old cars and they mm. were a lot uh, more dangerous. Um, they've definitely improved since then. And even since the new cars have come in, the um, Dallara DW12, they aren't the specification they were in in 2012 when they were introduced. They've, they've, there have been other accidents since then as a result of which they've, um, they've added side impact protect, protection into the cockpit. So they've been upgraded and they've added extra... You know, in NASCAR, when they got the roof flaps, when they when a NASCAR car spins around and goes backwards, you've got the flaps on the roof, which slows it down. Yes. They put those flaps in the back of the rear wing of the IndyCar. Right. So when that spins around, the flap's supposed to flip uh, either up or down. I can't remember. It might be upside down. Um, and that's supposed to stop it flipping, the car, because something like 2014, I might have the year wrong, but in practice leading up to the 500, 
lots of cars. Um, well, that's sorry, dang, several lots, so it's going to be three or four, right. <laughs> um, but still too many. Far too many. Um, yeah, it's very dangerous. Um, so th- th- they did those improvements and possibly some others. So for the last two or three years, that going upside down hasn't really happened as much, but obviously it did with Bourdais. So I'm sure they'll be looking into why that was, but they are quite proactive. So can you explain um, the Bordet thing to me? So this is so going into this um, race, my, my understanding was this is going to be a disaster. Alonso's not going to come back in one piece. Oh my goodness, please don't hurt him. And then mm. you open up um, social media and there's a picture of an upside down Bordet. Um, and then a couple of hours later, there he is in hospital. And it mm. sort of looks like, okay, this really is exactly as bad as I thought it was. What happened to Bordet? And, and what's the likelihood that that might happen to Alonso? It looks like, if you watch... A lot of the clips only show him entering that corner, but if you look the whole, if you watch the whole run, um, in qualifying at Indy, probably first explained that um, they really trim the cars out. No downforce at all. Even the rear wing is actually negative wing. I don't quite know what I don't understand. I'm not an aerodynamicist. I don't know why it's negative, but rather than creating downforce, it reduces drag. Um, but that unsettled the back of the car. So if you watch him going through the turns, the back end is sliding out towards the wall. And so he caught it to correct it, but he ran out of road and went straight into the wall at 220 something, 230 maybe, um, which is why it's such a violent impact, unfortunately. Um, and there's not a lot you can do about that. So his, his experience didn't um, help him. Like if Alonso was in the same situation, it, he would, it wouldn't be worse for him, but it arguably wouldn't be any better either. Probably be just the same to you, honestly. Uh, his, it, at that, that speed, uh, uh, that is just reactions. And I mean, Bourdais, like like Alonso, is is a road course driver. He's he's not someone who spent decades of his life on ovals. He's done some ovals, but and perhaps someone who'd spent twenty years doing ovals might correct it in a different way. But his instinct was to catch the slide, drive into it, and he ran out of road. So uh, I think Alonso would have just done the same thing he would have just instinctively corrected it uh, and that would have been it. But um, I think it would have been a similar incident. Um, the race may be better. Well, it'd be different because you won't have, you'll have more downforce in the race. So you, the car won't be so on edge, but you will have more traffic and a lot of disturbed air, especially mm. if, if he's lapping traffic in a lot of traffic. So that could upset the car. Um, and also, uh, at the end of some of the races in the past, in the last sort of five, six years, there's fuel saving. There can be, not every year. Um, so at that point in time, you might find some cars going a lot slower, the way that Rossi did last year, but there are faster cars who are pushing like crazy trying to get to the finish. Sure. Um, and that mismatch in speed causes an accident. And Mike Conway had a terrible accident in... Uh, 2010, I think, 2011. Is, is Mike Conway the guy who said that he will continue to race in IndyCar, but he won't do over? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's it. And see, that's, um, the, that's the kind of voice in my head saying, of all the tracks and all the races, why is Alonso doing an oval if it's so dangerous that Conway won't even consider it? Because it's the Indi- Indianapolis 500. <laughs> 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 and he wants to win it. <laughs> he wants that trophy. <laughs> this is a good time to bring Lukey in. Is he crazy, Lukey? Yep. <laughs> he, um, I think he, I think it's, oh, and hello, by the way, nice to be back. He's, um, 
it is it is crazy and indie the indie 500 is is dangerous it's it's insanity personified in a circle it's just i i mean you've got that and the only thing i can i can think of that would match it in terms of the craziness is probably the Man tt because that is just a just at the same level of the amount of speed the amount of average speed per lap the constant G's on your neck, the this this it is he's he's they're all insane to do it, but they're all motorsport drivers. They're all this is what this they know exactly what's what the Indy five hundred encompasses, they know exactly what to expect and they know exactly the risks that are come as part of racing it. And I'm I'm sure if you you asked any of the drivers, Alonso or any any of the other rookies or any of the experienced drivers, if they would swap the risk and the adrenaline for anything, I'm, they'd probably say no because it is the whole experience, I imagine, for the drivers. And yeah, it's it's a different world from F1, but I think that's also one of the reasons why Alonso wants to do that. It, it's it's an exciting new challenge and it's a one that pushes every bit of adrenaline out the body. And it seems like so far um, he's been doing okay. I think he qualified qualified quite well, maybe. Yep, he like qualified... <laughs> He qualified up in fifth, which I know is a whole world away from where he is at the moment in F1, which that alone is, a, you know, <laughs> I'm sure he's delighted just to see the, what the front row looks like again um, without it being lapped after the first lap. Uh, but it's he's I think he's done really well so far. At the end of the day, he's never done over racing before. He's never done anything like this as a as a as a major thing to focus on. He's always been a, a circuit, a track racer, like uh, Pat said, he's he's come here. He's pretty much nailed every session that he's gone into and the qualifying he's 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 managed to succeed again you know he was in the in he was in the fast nine he was holding provisional pole for a couple of drives before some of the big hitters came in and the interesting thing for me is going to going to be seeing how he now handles traffic and fuel management and everything in the actual indy 500 takes you know encompasses which is going to be a whole different kettle of fish from just going around doing qualifying and practice laps so, Pat, fill me in, because, I mean, Luke has already mentioned a whole whole skew of um, words there, which I do not understand. <laughs> so, as a Formula One fan who who has a vague recollection of IndyCar, what have we missed up to this point? What what has Alonso achieved and what's been going on so far? Well, um, at Indy, there's about a week and a half worth of practice, um, which is partly for traditional sake, because it used to last a month. And they used to have 70 or 80 cars for the 33 positions. He, he's had a lot of um, coaching, I think it's fair to say. So from um, people like Jordan Ferran, um, who a very, very good Indian car driver from the past, who also ran the Honda F1 team for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got, obviously, the Andretti team. Michael uh, was very successful in IndyCar. So was his dad, Mario. And Marco, his son's okay. <laughs> it should be better, but... <laughs> Is he not um, very good? He had a kind of, of got the right name going for him, yeah. Yeah. His, in fairness, his, his speciality is indie, but uh, he probably should have done better than he has done, which is okay. a shame. How important is this team that's around Alonso then? So they're, they're, he's in a team with four or five other drivers? Five others. Um, one of whom you could say is the de facto team leader, Ryan Hunter Ray. So he won the. 2014 Indy 500 and he's the 2012 champion of the series um, and he usually leads the team uh, Marco Andretti as I say 
helped set up the car in his first practice session in the rookie test. Uh, he got got that dialed in, ready for him, made it nice and compliant so he can learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've also got uh, Takuma Sato. Right. Who, so, who we definitely know. Last in the past. Who presumably now, can used you remember? To be, Sato used to work with Jodo Fran, didn't he? At, um, BAR. That'd be it, yep. yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah. So if you can imagine Sato's reputation from then. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't changed. On an oval. <laughs> but now it's faster. Yeah. Um, and he actually starts alongside Fernando, which is slightly worrying, but because <laughs> he starts fourth. Right. Um, so yeah, he's a bit wild on an oval, and in his qualifying laps was scary <laughs> to watch things. Um, but he's fast, and he, he yeah he knows what he's doing. But mm. he does still crash a lot. And the other guy is uh, Alexander Rossi, who stood around the back of the Manor Garage for a bit and did a few races, and then he was in came Caterham, to America he? in his first year and, and won the 500 last year. Didn't so. he drive in F1 in the Caterham? May have done, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was with Caterham. Yeah, he was with Caterham. Um, and he won it, so he won the Indy 500 last year, so he's uh, got to be one to watch. Oh, definitely, and he's starting third. So he's. we didn't really know what to make of him last year. Uh, a year ago, he was... Um, He's, he definitely wanted to go back to F1, and he just didn't really like being an IndyCar, I don't think. He just wanted to get away. But then he won the 500, and his life changed. He said, well, I'm not going back there. <laughs> <laughs> right, so he's the man in IndyCar now, is he? Well, he's really good, yeah. I mean, he's, 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 um, he's, his form is a bit up and down. He's still a rookie, effectively. It's his second full season. Still a young guy. Still a lot to learn, but uh, lots of potential. He seems to be the real deal. I think I don't know if you mentioned Jack Harvey as well. That's another teammate that mm. Alonso's got. The shoe was also a rookie alongside yeah. Alonso, and um, he's uh, you know one of these young drivers coming up through the ranks, and it'd be interesting to see how he does alongside a rookie like Fernando Alonso in your team. <laughs> well, I hope he doesn't get overshadowed. That's the that's the real thing. Um, that's that's. Well, I think I think this, that's what's interesting about this Indy 500, though. That rookie is um, Alonso is classified as a rookie but for all we know one of the actual you know one of the rookies as in a lot less experienced racing could overshadow Alonso for all we know look at look at Rossi last year he came out of nowhere and he won it so mm. there's yeah. um there's it's it's, 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 it's it's there's so many kind of facets to this year's Indy 500 it's fascinating well yeah anything can happen uh, and Jack Harvey won um was second two years running um in the Indy Lights Championship which mm-hmm. is effectively their GP2 F2 so he's definitely one to watch. Um, as for how you asked, for, uh, how Fernando's got on this month so far. Um, he's basically impressed a lot, as, as Loki said earlier. Um, he, he's picked up in the practices. Uh, he was quick, basically every session that he ran in. Um, he did. He definitely did more laps than anybody else. He just whenever the. the he had the opportunity. He was he was out there, uh, even on the windy day. Um, Wednesday last week, the um, the weather was so windy that there's no meaningful testing, and it's too dangerous at a place like that to have gusts of 40, 50, 50 miles an hour. Mm. But he, he jumped in the car, did a slow lap around, and the guys did pit stop, pit stop practice, and he did that time and time and time again. So he, he's thinking of every angle, learning everything, soaking up as much as he can. Yeah, and he's been asking questions and. Of, of Deferron and 
Andretti guys and his teammates. So regardless of how he does in the race, then he's already impressed. Oh yeah, I do. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. He's got a bright future, this Alonso. <laughs> <laughs> so it is actually a possibility that he could win it. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't see why not. Yeah. And what happens if if he does win it? Doesn't that make everyone else look a little bit stupid? <laughs> well, that's the danger. <laughs> F1, two F1 guys parachute in in the space of two years and win yeah. <laughs> <with> the regulars. <laughs> that's, that's the worry. But, um, How much of it is could be down to skill? How much of it is down to luck? Like, was Ross's win a, a very lucky thing or, or was it, you know, a genuine talent and he, and, he, and he earned it? It's a different type of skill. I mean, he was coached a lot by Brian Herter. Um, he's running in Brian Herter's car. Um, his team was merged with Andretti's. Um and Brian is very good on the radio, and he was coaching um, Alex all the way through. And they made a call pretty early on to save fuel and to skip a pit stop. And the only way that would work was if it was with safety cars timed at specific moments, and it just happened to fall their way. Um, but he still had to make it work. He still had to save the fuel back off when he needed to. There's no dials on the steering wheel like in F1 where you can dial, turn it down, I don't think, anymore. Um, there might be two or three settings, but certainly nothing like as complicated. So you have to do it with your right foot and drafting. Because if you get in behind another car, you use less fuel because mm. they're pushing the air out of the way yes. and you're fucking along behind them. And what happened last year was two of his teammates tangled in the pit lane, which is Hunter Ray and Townsend Bell was in a one-off car, about halfway through. And so they ended up two laps down. So what they did was they, they positioned themselves in front of Rossi. Right. Owed him around. Towing is, is you get in the slipstream. Mm. F1 people call it slipstreaming. <laughs> um, uh, um, and allowed Rossi to save a little bit of fuel here, a little bit there. Uh, once Rossi got out to the lead, which he did, uh, I think he hit it later. I only watched the race again last week, so it's fairly fresh. <laughs> um, um, so between the two of them, they, they basically sat in front of him. It didn't matter that they were to go another lap down because they're out of it already. So that helped, but it was as much team strategy, but he still had to drive it. He still had to think. And so rather than being about speed and passing and do or die overtakes, it was using the brain, well, what fuel number do we need to hit? Like in Formula E, when they're reading out these numbers in the, in the, on the radio, you've got to hit this energy number. It's, it's the same thing. You've got to hit this fuel number. And that's what we did. That's, that's, that's fascinating. Um, so... Is Alonso going to have that experience then? So, Luke, you mentioned earlier what you're looking forward to looking out for in the race. What are we still? What do we? What don't we know? Um, and what's uh, still to be discovered come race day? Well, this is the thing. Now, now we need to see how Alonso handles, you know, the entire race with constant traffic around him. We've seen him in practice occasionally, um, and uh, I don't think he was no, not during his qualifying laps. During the during the practice laps, we saw occasionally that he was drifting in and out of traffic so he's obviously confident enough to not you know not be anti- too apprehensive about how he's going to drive during a race with cars around him but it's still very much an unknown how 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 he's going to handle for the entire race with traffic around him how how with like i say with, with the car being towed by cars ahead of him how he'll handle the fuel management side of it if if you know fuel saving does come up like it did with with um rossi last year or there's still there's still a great lot of, I mean, and even even away from all that, there's still the whole the fact that this is several hours of average speed of 200 plus miles an hour. 
this is this is if I mean F one's physical, but um, as far as I'm concerned, the Indy five hundred is just the next level up. It's constant for hours and hours on end, and I, 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 this, 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 still a lot that that I'm sure Alonso can say. Oh, I've, I've, I've built the confidence. I've got the right team around me. I've, I'm happy with the speed that I can produce on the track. I'm happy with how it's going. But I'm sure that deep down inside, there's still so many little questions that that you know how 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 am I going to handle the start? How am I going to handle with cars around me at the start? How am I going to pit stops? And yeah, this. This I'm I'm fascinated. I'm to be honest, I'm fascinated more than anything to see how he does handle the start with so many cars around. And bear in mind, this is a free IndyCar has a free car, um, uh, uh, free cars per grid. Um, what's the word? As in like free wide tradition. In, yeah, yeah, free wide. Yeah, free wide. Sorry, yeah, free wide start. So you know, this again, he's right in the middle. He's going to have Sado to his left, and I believe J.R. Hildebrand to his right. Yeah. Um, in fourth and sixth. Um, and of course, we all know what Mr. Sato is like, and and uh, would that be interesting to them? But um, but that's the thing. There's there's so many kind of unknowns that are different to how he's obviously how he normally treats an F1 race, especially at the moment, considering most of his F1 races last half a lap. Um. You know, this this is this is a whole different ball game. This isn't a car that is genuinely fast, that has got the power, has got you know the the aerodynamics totally different to F one, the feel totally different to F one, and it's for a good couple of hours. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot still to discover to see how Council's gonna gonna handle it in the actual race. So you mentioned the the race start there, and I was just worrying that actually, given previous form this year, Alonso might not make the start, or he might break down on the way to the grid. Um, but a Honda actually good in IndyCar? Um, well, they're better than F one, but that's like saying bacon is better than nothing. I mean, <laughs> just just the two different totally worlds. Um, Honda have, I mean, um, I think Chevrolet is still um, in terms of manufacturers. I've uh, got the most wins this season, if I remember. I think Honda have got two wins this year, and Chevrolet have got three or four. I might be wrong about that, but um, the, the, in terms of the performance compared to F1, I mean, yeah, it's a totally different ball game. And, and Alonso, I mean, the entire Andretti team of all you, you you've seen in all the sessions so far that he's he's like Pat said, he's gone out, he's been consistently fast, he's 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 showing that he can do it and he's got a car under him that he obviously is comfortable with and does the job. Um you, you kinda of wishing away, you can just go, right, well just take that Honda engine to F one and let him use that, but yeah. if only it was that simple. But he I think he's this is the thing. I don't know if you've seen any of the coverage or any of how Alonso seems. He looks so much happier at the moment that I think I've seen him in about three years in F1. Like I don't think I've seen him stop smiling in any of the IndyCar coverage so far. I think he is just embracing the fact that he's got a car that is fast and that he can drive it well. Um, he just looks so happy. It's 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 a totally different ballgame from the Alonso that is just slumped at press conferences or slumped in in interviews, just saying, you know, the team tried their best, but. Our car's crap, essentially. He's he just seems like he's embracing everything and loving every second of it. And I think that's a big thing as well, the mental side of it. He's when you've got Honda that Honda engine constantly falling apart and constantly letting you down, to actually have a car that is taking you out for hours and hours and being fast the entire time. I mean he must be just he must be, you know, dancing around delighted with what he's got in IndyCar at the moment. And Pat, your thoughts on Honda? Yeah, much much the same really. It's um, last year it was more Chevrolet were good, 
on the road courses and Honda are better at the ovals. This year it seems much more even. So there's a lot more of um, uh, chances for everybody, I think, rather than one manufacturer being left behind. Um, I think we've had a different winner. Honda, so. I think we've had a different winner every race this season as well, if I remember correctly. Uh, yes, yeah, we have. which goes to show how even it is at the moment. It is just mm. just um, five uh, five or six races, five or six different winners. Yeah, although three of those are with uh, Penske, so there is this like Team Penske <laughs> <laughs> dynamic involved. But um, although they are strangely nowhere in qualifying, so it'd be interesting to see whether they come through and. and uh, from nowhere and effectively uh, uh, <laughs> and overtake everybody but uh, certainly um, yeah so far this year we've had uh, I'm just looking at the list now we've had Bourdais uh, and Honda Hinchcliffe Honda Newgarden Pagano and Power those three both for Chevy Penske's but then Scott Dixon with a Honda is on pole so you can't really predict it <laughs> that's the great thing about this, this series it's um Especially a race this long, three-hour endurance race. Effectively, it's um, you can have the best engine in the, on the grid, but uh, at Indy, anything can happen. So you sold it to us, I think. It sounds, it sounds like <laughs> it um, sounds good. Yeah, it does. If um, if we're F1 fans who are interested in following this, what do we do to watch this race this weekend? Uh, in the UK, it's on BT Sport at. Uh, 4 p.m. I believe, and this year they're going, they're pushing it um, the boat out a bit more. They've got a London studio with Susie Perry presenting, and uh, they'll have I think Mike Conway, um, who mentioned earlier, is um, is in the studio as well, um, and possibly some other guests. Uh, they'll go to the US coverage uh, as and when they're able to. They actually uh, when there's green flag racing in the US. And the US broadcaster goes to a break. BT will often stay with it. They won't cut away to an ad break, which is brilliant. <laughs> um, so we actually see more of the race than they do. Um, especially when you consider, them, but, especially um, when you consider how many ad breaks American television coverage has. <laughs> <they're not. laughs> um, yeah, that's um, where we can see it in, in the UK. And in the US, it's on ABC, one of the biggest networks in America. Unfortunately, there is no live streaming. Um, there was for a lot of the practice sessions yep. and some qualifying, um, but because of the rights restrictions with ABC, uh, they don't stream the race. Okay. Um, but if you do miss the race, or if you don't have BT, every race is uploaded to YouTube within a week, say, uh, edited out with all the photos taken out, so you can watch it whenever you like. Okay. Well, we're gonna, you're going to watch this, right, Christine? I'm going to try. Yes, this sounds good. Um. So you've got the Monaco Grand Prix, and then we've got a bit of a break, and then we go to BT Sports coverage. I think Monaco finishes at about three, assuming there's no red flags or anything. BT starts at four, so you've got about an hour of um, watching the post-race, podiums, interviews and such like. And then if you can get across to BT by between four and half past, or in the US that'll be between 11 and half past Eastern, I'd certainly recommend it because of all the build-up, which is... Um, a a spectacle in itself, yeah. Yeah, they call it the greatest spectacle in racing, and half of that is the the pre show. (laughs) Is that the national anthem in the. What do they do? Well, it it, it kind of feels, it reminds you of the Super Bowl, and that it's so 
Um, all the drivers, well, I don't know whether the Super Bowl introduces everyone one by one, but <laughs> um, the IndyCar does. The IndyCar 500 introduces everyone. They make a big thing out of it. They introduce everyone by name to the crowd and anthems and, and, and airplanes in America. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's interesting to hear the crowd, whether they boo or cheer when the driver walks out and their name's in <laughs> Oh, that's a bit mean to boo someone before they've even started. <laughs> the doggy dog world. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting to watch after the race as well, because one of the things you'll notice if you've never watched Indy 500 before is one of the first things the drivers are presented with is, uh, is it a gallon of milk, Pat, or just a big jug of milk? I think it's Something. a gallon, or it might be a quart. I don't know. Yeah, don't so, know. so in, in, instead of um, the usual, you know, in F1, you'd all get a podium, you'd have champagne and then have a terrible interview. It is just a big <laughs> gallon of milk and and a huge reef as well. It's, oh, it's, yeah, low reef. <laughs> it's, it's, it, I think that's what makes the Indy 500 so unique again. It's just in its own fascinating world to watch from the outside and you can't you kind of can't help but love it because it's so different in a way please tell me no one drinks milk out of a shoe because i'm not watching that (laughs) (laughs) i'm surprised Paul power hasn't done that the australian you know one of the leading australian drivers he's uh he's well usually outspoken as well so uh (laughs) he's um no we haven't had a shoe yet not quite yet anyway so come rain or shine um and whether Alonso does well or whether he doesn't even make it to the grid, um, the Ra- IndyCar, the Indy 500 will happen, and then the rest of the IndyCar season will continue. And um, what are we looking forward to beyond this? Because this is just a moment in time. But the IndyCar, mu- there must be more to IndyCar than this after the, after the weekend, right? Yeah, it's um, this is race six of nineteen. We've had one oval before Indy, and the rest uh, mix of streets and road courses. Next weekend's doubleheader next weekend isn't it yeah it's a doubleheader at detroit the belle isle um street circuit or the parkland circuit um so you've got a race full-length race on saturday and another one on sunday around a very bumpy physically demanding street circuit um, arguably you could say that's not the best follow-up to indy where more <laughs> high speed and suddenly you're battling street track the, the traditionalists would argue that milwaukee mile um oval which followed indy the week after for something like 50 years should be back uh, and detroit should move off <laughs> later in the year um but that's a personal gripe <laughs> it sounds like indica has all the same problems that everyone has yeah oh it does <laughs> Every yeah it is, there's traditionalists there's new people there's uh, people pushing to change and then indy itself has its traditions but the rest of the year we've got um and then the week after that we're in texas which is a 1.5 mile, very high banked oval. Um, the race in Austin was intense, um, and it, uh, we had a rain delay of three months. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> out, of co- out of context, that sounds ridiculous. It does sound <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> um, I think yeah, I'd have well, stopped uh, fat boxing that one for sure. <laughs> You have to elaborate. Don't leave me. What do you mean? I'm just looking it up so I don't get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think what they did half the race, if I remember. They correctly. did about half the race, and then they there did was the second um, half at the end of August. New what? Garden and, um, <laughs> That's amazing. Daily crashed heavily, uh, and then it rained. So um, I think it rained, and then um, yeah, and there wasn't time to get it in the next day on the Monday, which is what they would normally do, because they had, they had to be on the other end of the country by Friday for practice for the next race. Uh, I have a question. Sorry, our question is just 
popped into my head out of nowhere. If this happens on Sunday, <laughs> does Alonso have to stay? Like, Three months later. <laughs> what I'm saying is everyone book your Octobers. <laughs> what if he's never allowed back to F1? They had to I'm find not... a free weekend and, and put it in there. <laughs> I'm not sure what the forecast is at the moment, ago. but I, I, I don't know. I'll have to find out, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. If 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 it rains Sunday, they'll they'll race on Monday. And if it rains Monday, I guess they'll just keep keep going. Okay. <laughs> it's too important to leave. And, um, the only reason they couldn't do it last year with Texas is because they had a race the following weekend. But I think in this instance, if because it's Indy, they would just deal with it and move, do something with Detroit. I suppose I don't know. But you think they'd learn from last year, not putting a race the week after? But I suppose it could happen at any race that there could be a rain delay. But I I'm. I don't know what would happen if they did it in Indy. I mean, it's it's Indy. It's Indy 500. It's it, you wouldn't delay Le Mans. Well, wouldn't, I was going to say you wouldn't delay Le Mans to the next day, but Le Mans goes to the next day. At that point, um, but yeah, I'm not sure how they would handle it. Okay, so we're hoping that it's all going to happen in in one it day, in just a few hours. <laughs> well, now I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, given that, um, what I need to know is from each of you is uh, your prediction for the race, like who's going to win, and also the one thing that you are most looking forward to. Ooh. <laughs> well, someone's going to win. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to put... I'm going to have a bit of a cough out here and go for the, the easy option, and I'm going to say Scott Dixon, just because he's on pole, and he his average lap speed on in qualifying was just was astonishing fun. absolutely astonishing to watch it was average speed of 233 or 234 i think miles an hour on across the four laps and he just he just he was yeah, i mean it, it was it was a good half a half a mile an hour ahead of anyone oh, else i think yeah, like that. mile or two more and and most oh, of the field were in 231s it, it, it was yeah it that it's it's an obvious option given how fast he is and and um and the fact that he's on pole as well but um yeah i, I want Alonso to win and i think he's going to do well but i don't think he'll win unfortunately um but then at the same time alexander rossi was a rookie started 11th last year and he won so i think ed jones is a british driver is on 11th this year and he's a rookie so who knows <laughs> could happen uh, i'm Think me. I think an Andretti car will win, but I don't think it'll be Fernando. Um, he'll do well, um, but I have a feeling he might get caught out. Maybe a crash. Maybe have a, a problem, um, or he might just roll in tenth or something. <laughs> um, but the Andretti team is very strong at this race, and I think perhaps Ryan Hunter Ray might win from tenth. Um, so he's my pick. But um, as Lukey said, it really could be. <laughs> you could pick anybody in the top fifteen. And the thing you're most looking forward to? I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what non-IndyCar fans think of Indy 500. Because <laughs> I think I think this the, the Alonso factor. Let's be honest, the Alonso factor is the big talking story this year. Is the there's a lot to the Indy 500 anyway, but the Alonso story is the a lot of people are going, oh wow, oh hold on, well what's going on? He's doing wow, okay, let's watch this. And even admittedly, a couple of years ago. When I only got into IndyCar about, what, six years ago, six, seven years ago, when, uh, well, five years ago or so, when Barrichello came over from F1, surprise, surprise. And even after Rubens left IndyCar after a season, the races were so good to watch and so, like, uh, different from F1. It was like, oh, well, actually, this is awesome. This is, these these characters are really interesting. These drivers actually got personalities. These these tracks, are, oh, wow, I'm going to watch. You, you, and until you've kind of watched 
what an Indy 500 is like. And then you sat down, you've understood that it's not just turning left. There's so much to it. The strategy there's, there's watching these cars dice, you know, dice walls millimeters away from walls at 200 miles an hour. There's there's so much to it that until you've watched it, I think you you can't fully appreciate. And I'm fascinated to see all the amount of new people that have come over from F1 or anything else that have followed Alonso's career and just be like, wow, this is a this is exciting. Um, so I'm really interested to see what the reactions of people are who have never watched the indie before this weekend is going to be by Monday. Yeah, I've got to agree with that. It's um, hopefully a lot, a lot more eyeballs on, on, on the race this year um, from, from F1 fans and it'll be really interesting. Um, but really, um, for me, I'm, I'm just looking forward to the race itself. The, 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 um, for the last few years, the passing and overtaking strategy all through the race has been fantastic to watch. It's been a lot better than it used to be. With the old cars, it was basically single file to the pit stop. And this, with these cars, you can really there's a lot going on, <laughs> and the cameras can't catch it all. But um, there's a lot to follow, and um, it's just seeing who executes in the pit stops, who positions their car when lapping. It's uh, as much as anything. It's which team's doing well, and, and uh, who's coming in, come out the other side? Is there going to be a big surprise again this year, like there was last year? I think one of, one of the things that Pat said earlier on as well is that you, it's not like F1 in the sense that, oh, okay, it's likely that Hampton's going to win or Vettel's going to win or maybe Bodas. You know, there's not a selection of three or four drivers. Maybe it is a pretty open field of most of the field. If it is entirely open, and there's no, you know, there's no guaranteed winner. Well, this has been um, a much better show. <laughs> we sh- we really should talk to experts every time. <laughs> yeah. um, can we ask you guys to come back after the race and maybe do a post-race discussion sometime um, in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, of course we can. Yeah, sure, definitely. And Although if- I might cry if Matt Verstappen's voted driver today. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, there's not one in IndyCar, but he probably still won it as well. If um, anybody's listening to this show and they think, hey, these two guys... They know their IndyCar stuff. How do they find you? How do they follow you? Um, Pat, where, do we, where will uh, people get hold of you on social media? Uh, on Twitter, it's at Too Much Racing. Uh, and I've got a blog at TooMuchRacing.com where I occasionally put some thoughts. Um, but really, the Twitter account is, 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 is what I'm on most of the time. <laughs> a bit too often, some would say. But uh, uh, yeah, you can follow me on there. And I, I actually have a um, Twitter list of um, drivers and teams, which I'll uh, try and get updated before the race starts Aha, we can put that in the show notes too and Lukey how do people find you um, I'm really on Twitter these days it's Lukey Muse um, I don't really blog anymore so there's no blogs unfortunately but um, yeah if you want to follow me I'm on I'm on Twitter as Lukey Muse or just constantly harassing Mr. C so <laughs> just you can find me on his replies most of the time and, and you'll both be watching the race so if people have questions they can and like you know when I say people I mean Us. if I have questions <laughs> we can just like Absolutely, fire tweets yeah. at you we can uh, ask whatever you want and um, yeah, I'll just I'll, I'll probably ask Pat yeah <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely fantastic thank you for your time thank you for the insight thank you thank you very much it's been a pleasure. Great show, thank you.